listening to Have the Conversation Podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. I'm Calla. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. There are certain people that you get to know throughout your life, either through social media, a mutual connection, or just life circumstances. Whatever the universe had planned the day we met Victoria DeSalvo, we are forever grateful. Victoria shares with us her yoga story, what's working and not working with her meditation practice, and opens up about her new role as a wellness coordinator within the Balanced Veterans Network. Like Victoria, this episode is chock full of love, guidance, and authenticity. We hope you enjoy getting to know her, and after the episode, be sure to search Jivita Healing Arts. That's J-A-I-V-I-T-A, Healing Arts, to learn more about yoga, massage therapy, and plant-centric living. So let's just jump into it from there. Why don't you tell us how Jaivita Healing Arts came to be? Sure. So I have been teaching yoga to both adults and children for almost a decade now. And so Jaivita was sort of my little baby to show the world that this is what I'm doing. This is the path that I'm on. And it's basically an online way, community, for me to display what it is that I offer. I'm also a massage therapist, so I try to put informational videos on there for techniques and styles that I work with. So it's basically me as a business, I guess you could say, in a social media platform. So Does Jaivita have a meaning, the word? Yeah, so Jai in in Sanskrit is like victory. My name is Victoria. (laughs) So I thought that that was appropriate. And then Vita is Italian. That's my heritage. And that means life. So it's basically this praising or being elated about the life that you're living. So I meshed those together to make the name. I mean, that's pretty genius. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) And it flows so nicely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Leanne and I were talking, we're like, um, because she's, you know, in the fitness world. Right. And how do you, what's your journey into wanting to do this, I guess? Is is that the right way to ask? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. (laughs) No. (laughs) No, wrong. Try again. No, it's wrong. (laughs) So my journey has been you know, a a pretty, a pretty wild one. Um, I started doing yoga very randomly in college. Um, My background, I've been in Catholic school from K kindergarten through college. And um, (laughs) yeah, right. And that the foundation of faith has led me to where I am now. So I'm super grateful for that, even though I'm not a practicing Catholic. Um, But it, it sort of led me to inquire about other religions and other forms of expressing your faith. So in college, I started getting into Buddhism and I would do my like reports and public speaking um, dissertations on Buddhism. And I started doing these really random, like they're called the Tibetan uh, rites of passage. And they were like these these exercises you would do every morning in my dorm room. I probably looked like a psycho to all of my friends. Um, And then just started dabbling here and there and got into the world of yoga, was really exposed after college. Um, I sort of was lost a little bit as a a 22 year old. And I I found a beautiful community that I plugged into. we were a group of, of camp counselors for teenagers. And so I got exposed to not only yoga, but just the wide world of wellness in all its beautiful forms. And that was really the catalyst for me to develop a skill set that I could then go forth and help those kids the following year and then help myself in turn. So that was the beginning of my journey, really inspired by teens and children and how I could give back to them. And that sort of led me to where I am now. Wow. First of all, show me a 22 year old that's not lost. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Was this like a camp for, was it like troubled kids or just like a summer camp? 
It was a summer camp. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard of the Omega Institute. It's like a huge yoga institute in upstate New York. So it was their uh, teen camp. So it was a bunch of eclectic, just vibrant kids that a lot of them were like from New York City and they had, you know, that, you know, hardcore vibe. But um, they were just a bunch of like hippie kids that were looking looking for ways to express themselves. So it was a really... It, I had never gone to summer camp, so I was probably reaping more benefits than these children yeah. were, <laughs> um, but it was awesome, and I went back the following year to sort of contribute again. How did you find that place? <laughs> yeah. Um, I had heard about the Omega Institute, um, again, being interested in, in uh, the world of yoga, and I found them because I was like getting ready to graduate from college. And I was, I knew that I did not want like a regular nine to five job that I would sit behind a desk and um, really work like very closely under someone. So I liked having the idea of like freedom in my life to express myself as I would. And so I just like started searching everywhere for all yeah. the kinds of jobs you can look for and that one seemed to really resonate with me because of the mission of the camp and I was like this is like me in a camp I wish I had Aww. this when I was a teen yeah yeah so I saw um on your website you do Thai massage and Thai yoga specifically and I saw Thai herbalism yes like why Thai <laughs> so uh, bringing it back to that camp, actually, it was the first place um, that I had seen Thai massage. And if you don't know what it is or what it looks like, traditionally it's done on like a mat on the floor and it's called lazy man's yoga. So <laughs> the practitioner is essentially taking you through full range of motion. It's like um, assisted stretching really, but I'm basically doing yoga to you. And in turn, the way my body mechanics are really give me an opening and a stretch as if I'm doing yoga as well. So it's a really beautiful, almost dance uh, that both the practitioner and the receiver are mutually benefiting from the session. That's so cool. I had only ever seen, I think, Thai massage from that video you posted with you and Rhonda. Yeah. Like, I was like, what is this? That looks awesome. It, it looks so relaxing. Like, I want you to come step on my hamstrings. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I saw that for the first time. And, and again, we were teaching teenagers how to do that, which was like bizarre. And and then I saw it and I, I was enamored by the practice. It was just so beautiful to watch. And I was like, how can I do this? I don't know anything about it. Like, I don't know where to even begin. And so I was like, mm -hmm. I might as well just begin being a yoga teacher. So after the camp, I got my, yoga, my first yoga teacher certification and continued along like my yoga journey. And it wasn't until maybe like three or four years ago um, a Thai massage training came into my life. And so I took that, fell in love with it even more deeply, really discovered how to do the practice. And then I went to Thailand to study. That's where I studied the herbalism. Oh, wow. And, and then I continued to take, I'm a licensed massage therapist, like I said. So I continued to take training in Thai um, as a part of my school curriculum. So I really, really love it. And it's very different from, you know, the traditional Swedish or deep tissue massage you might get at a spa. So tell us about Thailand. That's where I'm at too. <laughs> um, I was there for only two weeks, um, but I went specifically for a training in Thai massage and Thai herbalism at a school in Chiang Mai which is basically like the founder, founding place of Thai massage, <clears throat> excuse me. And so Thai massage was done back in the day by the Buddha, his 
doctor and it was done okay. to the Buddha. So it's like this beautifully ancient practice that is embedded in Thai culture. And they learn, like when I was there, of course I had to get a massage like every single day. <laughs> and my favorite place that I went and my favorite practitioner was this like 17 year old boy named Banana. <laughs> That's what he said. Like, okay, is like legal name banana or I guess so. I don't and know. <laughs> and so hold on one sec. And so I would go to see him all the time and and he was like, Oh yes, yes, yes. We learned this from like a very young age. And you know, there they don't have licensing and certifications and things like that. It's just something that is like traditionally passed down to them from their parents and grandparents. Um, so it was just a really, it was wonderful to be just like a, totally immersed in the culture and I learn mean, yeah. and learn from them, definitely. Were you just enamored in the whole process? Were you just like, it pinched me, is this my life the whole time you were there? Definitely, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I was in gratitude the whole time and savoring every moment of it for sure. Did you try Tai Chi? Have you ever tried that? I haven't. I have not. I have it. No, my. I just figured. Go ahead. We're on the Tai Chi. I know. <laughs> yeah, I have not. Um, I'm really big into, you know, what Tai Chi stands for and like manipulating and moving energy through the body. And that's what we do with yoga, what we do in massage. So I, I understand the principles of it, but I haven't practiced Tai Chi just yet. Yeah. There are some, because I work at a rec center and sometimes downstairs, just like in the middle of the basketball court, there'll be these little old Asian people just like working through their, their Tai Chi movements. And I'm like, it, it looks so like serene. They've definitely like got it down to an mm -hmm. art form, but I just, I wonder, I wonder like what the benefits are, you know, of that. Definitely. So what are some of the benefits of Thai massage and Thai yoga specifically? Okay. Um, well, so as you probably saw in the video, it's a lot of like full range of motion. So I'm taking you through like opening up your joints in their fullest compa capacity. Um, it's great for if you have like injury or if there's like muscles that are stuck or not able to move very well. It's really beautiful for like the energetics of the body um, in Thai massage, similar to the science we see in yoga and the, and the chakra system and just the idea of energy moving through our body. It works those energy lines. They're called Sen lines in Thai massage. And you're um, compressing and moving your hands and feet. Like as you saw, I was stepping on Ron. So that correlates <laughs> to... Um, like these lines in the body. And um, so energetically, it starts to like move any stagnation out of the body so that you can come into a state of balance and harmony through moving the energetics. And then there's of course the physical benefits, just like massage, increased blood flow and circulation, um, decreased pain, improved sleep and relaxation, all of those beautiful things too. I need all of that right now. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh, it's so amazing. <laughs> my body hurts. We've been doing this move. Oh yeah. Um, How is that? You know, you're our first recording in my new space. So I'm nice. super excited about that. <laughs> yeah, it's good. It's good. Leanne and I were joking. She's like, you need to come up with the box breath joke. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I don't have one because I'm literally covered under them. But I did <laughs> want to like tell you how cool I thought it was, um, your box breath um, tutorial that you did for the kids with the snowflake. Mm, and thanks. I thought that was genius. And all your little gingerbread like poses for the kids. <laughs> how, did, um, how did that come to be for you, really wanting to focus on children and yoga and wellness? So like I said before, after I went to college for communications, so absolutely nothing okay. that had to do with children, um, but I would, you know, babysit here and there throughout college. And then after, after college, I went and I was a camp counselor at that camp. And then just 
I took a liking to working with kids. Like it almost felt like, like it just like lit up my soul. You know, that feeling when you, when you know something just like feels right, you, you just go with it. So I did. (laughs) And so I've worked with kids, um, in pretty much every capacity. I was a nanny multiple times. I was a preschool teacher. Um, I've worked in daycares and all of that stuff. So I've taken a liking to kids and then tried to, you know, combine my passions of teaching yoga with teaching children. So I did a training when I lived in Baltimore um, for kids yoga. And I've just been dabbling here and there for the past few years and really seeing what sticks. And I mean, Carol, you have kids, right? You have Mm-hmm. a child and mm-hmm. so you know everything changes like day by day what they're interested <laughs> in how long they can sit for a period of time like what's going on with them emotionally so mm-hmm. being able to teach kids is really a great exercise for me to like stay on my toes to not be so rigid with my planning and what I'm thinking um it's a completely different skill set really like when whenever I teach kids yoga there's always a parent that's like but my kid can't sit still and they probably won't do this and like they're not they they really need yoga to help them pay attention mm-hmm. and I'm like that that's not really what kids yoga is mm-hmm. it's like yeah. being loud and expressive <laughs> and telling stories and making animal sounds and so I always say to them, if your child does one pose out of the entire class, then they've done their job and I've done my job. So don't worry about it. And it's just like taking, and it's, it's really cool to see. um, I was teaching at a preschool for two years and seeing these kids go from like two, two and a half year olds to like five year olds. And, and they would remember things year to year that I would say one time, or we did the pose one time and they somehow remembered it. And it was just so amazing to be a part of that. My youngest, he's six. I mean, he is just forever like, look what I can do. And like showing me all of his different poses and stuff. He's just so into it. But it does, it's, it's been tremendous for all three of my kids for very different reasons. So I love hearing you say that it, it is a different practice for each kid, you know, like they're all going to get something different out of it for sure. Well, and I, I was just going to say, like, I love that if you can teach them from such a young age, like they're going to have such a better foundation to like grow from that. Like I didn't know what yoga was until I probably heard about it maybe in college, maybe after maybe. Yeah. I think in college, cause I did, I was a kinesiology major. Okay. So we talked about all the different kinds of activity and, but I had still, I, I don't think i had ever really done it. Like, I think I did a couple classes at the Y or something, you know, right. but to teach kids like about mobility and about expressing themselves like so young, it's like such a good thing to learn at such a young age. Absolutely. And, and Ron's um, little, little cousin, he's five years old. He came downstairs one day and was like, I just meditated. Like he was like re- really proud of himself for doing that. And he- ha- That's what Clayton does still. <laughs> he has like a calming corner in his house. So like on his on his wall, he'll have a that snowflake. I'll, I like to call them breathing maps. So like I something that. that they can trace their hand, their finger around and like follow their breath. Um, And then we got him for Christmas, like a breathing ball, something to show what the lungs do on your insides, but in a, like a physical form. So it's a ball that just expands and contracts. And it's just like the fact that this child at five years old could A, identify like, whoa, I'm feeling really worked up right now. I need to go take a break. And then to go and take a break and then come back and be able to be like, this is what meditation did for me. I feel happy Mm -hmm. now was just like incredible for me to see. It's amazing, isn't it? Ah, I love that so much. (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm like, okay, I know what we're doing tonight because seriously, we need to get back on the on the wellness train here uh, in, my, in my family yeah. for sure. You've been disrupted. Oh, we have, we have. In like the best ways, you know, it's like, I know it's all coming. Definitely, so, yeah. I wanted to ask, because a lot of people put yoga and meditation in the same, like, same sentence. Yoga and meditation, they usually go hand in hand. Like, to you, what are, like, the similarities between them? And then, like, what are the differences? Wow. Good question. (laughs) Um, Well, my perspective of what yoga is has changed drastically over the years. Um, I think when I was going into it initially, yoga was um, the postures. You go to a class, it's an hour on your mat, you're learning these things and you're accomplishing them every single week. And I was very um, like goal driven. Uh, I got to make this, I got to do this headstand, I got to do this. Yeah. And, and there is a value and beauty in that because you're very literally carving out time for yourself, tuning in to yourself, setting goals and working to achieve them. And if you don't achieve them, you're also learning the lesson to let that go. (laughs) So there's a beautiful practice in just the physical aspect of yoga. Um, But what's changed for me is that I believe now that everything can be yoga. Um, I mean, yoga means union. So it's anything that really brings you to a sense of union, like with yourself, with spirit, God, the universe, other people. Um, So I, I also love, you know, planting a garden and I have a lot of plants around me that that brings me so much joy and when I find like presence and mindfulness and like watering my plants to me that's like a yoga practice so I don't necessarily have to roll out my mat and do something physical anymore in order for me to feel like in unity with myself if that makes sense yeah total sense and then in terms of meditation, like that too has changed. Um, meditation, again, can be anything. Like when I teach kids, it's some doing something mindful or being present in something that you're doing. Um, meditation can be like a, a mantra or a phrase that you say over and over again. It could be that you're focusing in on your breath. It could be that you're looking at the clouds and watching them pass by. You could do guided meditations and visualizations. There's like a bajillion different ways to meditate, but like as this, as a similar question as yoga, like what is meditation at its like core? It's narrowing your mind's focus to one point, whatever that is. And so whatever it is that you do to get yourself focused to that one pointed focus is meditation. You don't have to be sitting on a cushion to do it Um, or, you know, locking yourself in a cave and meditating for 10 years to be an enlightened person. Like I really thought at one point in my life, like, oh, because I didn't denounce all of my possessions and, you know, become a nun that I am not, you know, a yogi. And that's not true. Or like, I can't meditate because I can't sit there on the There is that misconception floor. though. Yeah. You, I think when you get into it, you do think yoga, meditation, minimalist, like I can't, mm-hmm. like, that's so interesting. Mm-hmm. So interesting. Well, what made you believe differently? Um, uh, in the physical practice, it was a little bit of like injury. I kept getting injured because yoga was my only form of exercise. As you know, as a fitness professional, like everything is in balance. And if you're only stretching, you're only lengthening things without strengthening them, Mm. like there could be uh, like repetitive use injury or things that come up, um, which is what happened to me. Um, I was also in a car accident that changed the way that I practiced. 
uh, I didn't do headstands anymore. That was no longer a goal of mine because I have neck issues. So uh, things in my life changed um, that changed my practice. Um, and then I sort of going down the route of, okay, yoga is beautiful, amazing, all the things that we've been talking about. But why is it only accessible to like a very small demographic of people? You know, like you see one type of person at a yoga studio. It's a lot of white women, to be honest mm -hmm. with you. Um, and so how like this is such a can be such a powerful tool. And how can other people be exposed to this without feeling like if you don't have a, a pair of $150 pair of leggings, you shouldn't come to a yoga class. Like mm -hmm. who really needs it and how can we get it to them? You know? So like, that's where my mind shift because it's just, it's such a powerful, it can be such a powerful tool, but not enough people, like there are too many people intimidated by it. Yeah, yeah I agree with that. I started doing a, um, I, I call it mobility, but in a, in a sense that I, cause I do do yoga, not consistently, but infrequently now I go through kind of waves where I'll do it a couple times a week and then I'll, I'll stop, but I'm familiar with some of the poses and I, I can definitely feel the benefits of them. Um, and so I'll have some clients do like kind of a repetition based, like posing in a way that's kind of like more mobility definitely and um, literally everybody needs it <laughs> like everybody needs yoga in in whatever like sense that that make, makes to them you know it, especially like men it, a lot of a lot of my male clients are um way tighter than my female clients it's just like kind of a biological thing a stress thing I don't really know um but yeah, I mean, who do you think needs yoga? <laughs> Everyone. Everyone. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, that's yeah. what I think. Yeah. Um, well, I, I definitely think that kids do. I think that, you know, like we were saying, having, having these building blocks for you to create a foundation for a good life <laughs> is really mm -hmm. important and yoga can help, can help that. Um, another population that I'm really passionate about are veterans. Um, Ron is my partner. You've had him on the podcast before. And so he's the founder of what is now known as the Balanced Veterans Network. So, <laughs> so we educate and advocate for alternative therapies for veterans and their families. And so before we even knew the other person existed, we were both on our separate journeys of healing and wellness and, and really teaching people how to, you know, take part in this journey. And then we met a little over a year ago and we are, you know, combining our lives and our passions together. So now with the launch of this sort of new organization um, I'll be stepping into more of a role as like a wellness coordinator we're going to try to do weekly classes to just again get people like the 101 basic information on movement in general maybe it's mm -hmm. fit maybe it's like weightlifting maybe it's yoga maybe it's meditation mindfulness and just giving people like hey, there are lots of options out there for you to find balance. Like, which one do you like? Mm -hmm. And just being able to have, have the conversation uh, with people who might think that like this alternative lifestyle is like a little bit weird or unconventional yeah. and just being able to like talk about it with people really. So that's our next step. Yeah, how has that been with... Um veterans and coming I know the, the balanced veterans network is is new and you're stepping into this role is very new but what has your experience been with vets when they come to a class or when you teach a class so I have yet to teach an in-person oh, okay, okay. veterans class um okay sorry but I've been I'm in I've been doing um trauma-informed yoga training 
and I've been working with an organization called Connected Warriors, and they do a veteran-specific trauma-informed yoga training. So oh, there are- so, it's, <laughs> Yeah, what does that look like? So fascinating, so interesting. And like things as a teacher, um, you'd never think to realize and be cognizant of, such as um, like placing your mats all the veterans in the room, uh, it's, it's best if they can really like see the entrance and exit. They feel more mm. comfortable with that. So to position yourself in a place where you're at the head of the classroom, but they can still see the door and have an exit strategy. Um, while you're teaching in a regular yoga class, you know, we're taught go and do hands-on assists for people. And like some people don't ask, hey, do you feel comfortable being touched in this position? Um, and we just assume sometimes as yoga teachers that like, yeah, you're in a yoga class, you clearly are giving me permission. But with someone with trauma, that's not the case. Maybe touch is not something that they feel safe or comfortable with. So with the veteran population, um, it's not so much about touching them hands-on, it's verbal cues, it's showing them physically, put your foot here. Um, you're not walking around the classroom, they need you to be in one spot, um, your eyes open. So I typically, I'm a feeler, right? So I'm like in class and I'm like, feel into your body, do this, not, not for a veteran, right? They you have to tell them, I will keep my eyes open the whole time in order for them to be able to relax. You're giving them the permission to relax by telling them like, hey, I got the scene. If anything weird happens, my eyes are open and I will tell you what that sound was outside. So you're not startled. So it's basically giving them everything, giving them all everything you see, everything you hear, and being able to be like a filter for them so that they can experience relaxation. Wow. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to like do actually do it <laughs> in person. Yeah. Yeah. Are you nervous? I am. I'm like super, <laughs> super nervous because, you know, like I said, I've been teaching for a little while now and you tend to like have your voice and like cues and things that you say yes you know and sometimes I'm like whoa did I just did I just say that 10 times in a row on the, <laughs> on the camera um but then like you have to almost then monitor yourself and what you're saying in these environments like um like so, like for instance final resting pose shavasana it's called corpse pose that is not something that you would say in a class because that can trigger like emotions. There are certain music that to me in my practice, like I love chanting and singing bowls and all of these things, but then that might remind uh, our veterans of a place that they were deployed in the world mm -hmm. and that could trigger something for them too. So having things that are very neutral, so that you're not prescribing an experience for them. You're just like letting them experience whatever it is the class brings to them. So it's going to be challenging for sure to sort of filter what it is that I know and how I teach, but I'm really excited for that challenge. Like what an opportunity for growth in your practice. Exactly. That's so cool. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And especially for, like we said, like for a population that, you know, it's a, it's a very masculine population, not saying that it's only men. Like I know that there are women in the military, but it's very masculine in the sense of, uh, you know, you're being told what to do, where to go, how to do things versus, uh, the more feminine qualities of yoga is like, how do you feel feeling mm -hmm. into your body? And for people with trauma, um, that sense of feeling so deeply in their body can be really scary for them. So that's another, 
another thing that I'm like nervous about, but excited about is being able to like help facilitate like breakthroughs for people so that they can feel at home in their bodies again. Um, Cause that might not, you know, have been for a long time. Do they teach you kind of like how to handle that? Cause that's kind of like a therapy kind of role there. Right. And like, again, yoga teachers and massage therapists are not mental health professionals. Like I am the first to say that. Um, I've had so many like massage clients being like, okay, I'm here, fix me. Fix and like me. That, that's not what we're here for. Um, so I want that to be made really clear. Uh, a lot of what I'm learning um, is done in like facilities, like a VA center or facilities that have a mental health professionals on staff. Um, okay. And places that like will have, like if you're doing a one-on-one session with someone or something like that, like being able to speak to their mental health team and let them know and bounce things off of them. Because again, like if you never want to overstep in your role. So like being able to have someone to talk to um, is really important. And when we start doing in-person classes, I will always have a person, probably my partner, Ron, with me mm-hmm. doing the classes um, and probably have him be the one like demonstrating the classes too. Uh, it's one thing for a civilian woman to come up onto a yoga mat and, you know, be all bendy and flexible versus someone who has been in combat, <laughs> who has mm-hmm. li- lived lifetimes and like seeing them get on a mat, it's a total different practice for them. So I would always have a veteran with me as like my point person, always have someone that I could like call. There's plenty of like crisis lines and um, other resources to have if anything were to get to that point that someone needed to seek medical attention. Um, But again, like that's not our goal really yeah Yeah. Yeah. just to show show a new way to like connect with yourself and 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 be okay like you said within your home within your body I think that's just so beautiful that you guys are doing that you two make such a good team such a good team thank you (laughs) thank you I want to hear about how you guys met um we met on a dating app yeah how how millennial of us I love it (laughs) um yes we met on a dating app and we ended up living like no more than five minutes away from each other like on the same road pretty much I had just moved to Philadelphia to this area specifically for this like beautiful park that's right next to us And he moved to this area two years, two or three years prior and bought this house and had no idea that there was a park behind his house. (laughs) So, so I would go to that park pretty much like every day. And he had no idea that it was there. And we ended up, you know, like we frequented the same places. We went to the same gym for a while and didn't even know the other person existed. Yeah. And then we, um, had our first date the day after Christmas last year and have not spent a day apart since then moved in during the pandemic, which was interesting. Yeah. 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 How's that going? (laughs) It's going well. We made it through. Yeah. We made it through and it was actually fun. It was fun. We definitely learned a lot about ourselves and each other. But mm-hmm. what other time do you have to be with like your best friend? That's all awesome. the time in the world. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> Literally can't go anywhere else. Exactly. <laughs> and Leanne, you just got engaged, right? Yeah. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, he didn't want to leave me after quarantine. No. So <laughs> we made it. <laughs> you guys are so but, funny. Uh, uh, yeah. 
he is so we're we're back in quarantine right now and he is struggling a little bit he's like i'm going on another walk i need to get (laughs) out of here go for it babe (laughs) (laughs) it is it's tough being in one place yeah it's hard to navigate like then like your needs as an individual and then like what your needs are as a couple you know like there's almost like three different dynamics going on. It's like you, them, and then how you are together and to figure (laughs) all of that out while it feels like the world is crashing down. is tricky. And then to be doing like with you and Ron to like, you know, start doing some of the business side stuff together. You guys have a lot going on. How has that been? Has it been a smooth transition? Yeah. Like makes sense. Yeah. I mean, before I moved in, um, you know, he really, he really sort of fills in the need for me in a lot of areas in my life. And um, he like pushed me. He's like a very driven, determined person and, you know, professional guy. And he pushed me to, to, to do my like kids class online. And so during quarantine, I would host a weekly kids class And it was like the most soul giving thing ever to see like my cousins that live in New York, kids that I taught in like different states from different like times in my life all came together to like do these classes. And it was like the best feeling in the world. So he like sort of like nudged me to keep doing that, um, which I'm really, really grateful for. And then, you do that for him too. He speaks the same way about you, and I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, and so, yeah. I mean, like we we have a lot of common um, mutual goals, and um, we're both people of faith, and we have a lot of the same beliefs. But we also have come from like really different backgrounds, and there has been a lot of differences between us, and. So navigating our way through, again, like how to be with one another in those differences has been just eye-opening and has been humbling. And I think we're getting the hang of it, which is awesome. (laughs) Feels good, doesn't it? (laughs) Yeah, it really does. (laughs) And we actually, both of us had got COVID the a couple weeks ago, like right after Christmas and it was miserable. And it like felt like we were back into like month three of dating when we're like going into a quarantine together. And so there was like almost, we were miserable, both of us, but it was this like beautiful sense of like, we have nothing to do. All we have is like, just to be here with each other. And there was like a sense of like playfulness that came back into the relationship after you know life got back in the way and we stopped being so playful and so although it was not fun there was definitely some beauty in those couple weeks everybody's feeling good now though everyone's feeling good thank goodness it was not fun (laughs) I want to talk a little bit more about kind of your goals I know we've talked about what you're doing with Balanced um, Veterans Network. Sorry, I'm trying to get used to the new name. No. <laughs> uh, what, are, what are your goals with, with your business, with Jivita Healing Arts? What do you see for yourself or what are your big ambitions? Um, big ambitions. Let's see. I definitely, I'm really, really excited to start this role as like the wellness coordinator of of balanced um, because I feel like everyone and their mother are yoga teachers now. Like everyone, you know what I mean? Like it's a fully, fully saturated market. And, Mm -hmm. um, and so like, again, like I've sort of evolved to a point that like just teaching a class to like feel good for an hour out of a week isn't, giving me what I need to feel like I'm contributing to the world. Um, You know, like in, in a way that I want to, the way that I know that, that this knowledge and science of yoga can help 
can really help people. And I think that um, my goal for this year is to like be less limiting in my own personal beliefs and what I'm capable of. And so in that, I would love to, again, like see what I teach and what I know and what I feel passionate about to be, um, to be available to a broader audience and an audience that is a little bit untapped in this market, the -hmm. veteran, the veteran community. So that's one goal for me in that avenue. Um, with kids, I really hope kids get back to school and we can like be in person soon. Um, I would love to continue to teach kids in person and a ultimate goal would to be teaching teachers how to bring goals and uh, tools of yoga, like breathing breaks during your school day. So, cause like I can only, I'm only one person and I can't teach all the kids yoga all the time. So how can we make this like an everyday thing for these kids mm-hmm. is to teach the teachers how to incorporate it into their classrooms. So that's a huge goal of mine too, is like sort of changing like a really fundamental structure of like how we teach kids and what we can, what you can teach them at such a young age that becomes like second nature to them as they grow up. Yeah, really set them up for success that way. I I love that so much. And I love that how your yoga instructing is evolving into a more like open wellness Mm. kind of field, especially for veterans. Um, I just finished this book. Cal and I talked about it. It's called um, design your life. Mm. I I need to get on that. (laughs) No, Don't worry. I kind of, I didn't like, it's very much a workbook in some ways and I didn't do a lot of the work, but I did get some like very good points. Um, It just talked about how a lot of people view like, their their dream life is very linear like they should be in this one field doing this one thing or if they could just move to this place and do this um but they talk about design your life being like no you could live like many different lives in your life you know and and that's kind of what you're doing like you're you're not leaving yoga behind like you're still doing it and you're still wanting to teach the kids but you're evolving into you know, a wellness coordinator and and helping veterans too, and just expanding the people you can help. And I think, I think that's amazing. Thank you. We were talking about our words for the year. Leanne's has evolved. So I think that it's really cool that I see a lot of similarities. Yeah. Yeah. I forgot that was my word. (laughs) (laughs) And I forgot to read the book. So we're We're, we're off to a great start in 2021. (laughs) This is our year. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. And that's honestly like in terms of like limiting beliefs, like I was saying before this, this idea that like, I have to be somewhere in order to be happy or like a big one for me is like, I have to be like educated with a certain amount of education in order for me to feel like what I'm saying is of value to people. And so it's like we these do that to ourselves, don't we? And it's yeah. like, and so, so this is something that's has been really helpful for me. Um, my therapist was telling me, like, go through those phrases. Like, I need to be educated to be of value. Where did I get that from? Like, where did that line come from for me? And I can, it can be identified as like, I put that belief in my own head. It's from my parents saying that to me. It's from society putting that on me. And so basically what she said was like, up here, when you like think all of those thoughts, it seems so overwhelming, but nothing is overwhelming on a piece of paper. So write down what it is that you think or those thoughts that you're telling yourself and then know that like you can read through the paper and it's over. You can turn the page, you can crumple the paper up, you can burn the piece of paper, like just being able to get it out and sort of untangle like, is this thought even mine? Like, do I want to keep thinking this? It like brings the power back into your court and you're able to then like, sort of figure out where these limiting beliefs have 
come from in the first place. And like, that's been so helpful to me to be like, no, you don't have to do 25 different things. Or like you were saying, Leanne, like get to a certain place in order to you for you to feel successful or happy, or like you're making a difference in the world. Like that is totally a self-made construct. Mm -hmm. So did you discover where came from where you being educated needing to be educated came from I I feel like that's a me thing I don't think that that's from like anyone um social media man that's been really tripping me up lately like just like being consumed (laughs) it's like crazy how it changes your mind my gosh but like seeing all these people that they like have books and like and honestly like I was getting a little bit nervous coming on this podcast. It's my first podcast ever. Oh, oh my yeah. God. We were nervous. <laughs> and I'm like, I was nervous and I was, you know, like looking through all your podcasts and you just have some uh, like really amazing influential people on this podcast that it's, it's beautiful because it's they're like everyday people that tell their story from the most like wholehearted place. And in my eyes, I'm like, oh my gosh, there are authors. There are people that have their own organizations. There are just like people that have gone through tremendous things and overcome so much in their life. And then I'm like, uh, why, why are they interviewing me? You know, like there was like a little bit of that happening. And I can I tell you why? Sure. (laughs) (laughs) No, I because all those things that you said we were seeing in you. We were like, she is someone we want to know. She is doing what she loves to do and it translates in everything that you're doing. And you're one of those people that, yeah, we're on social media on and off all day long, but we stop to see what you're doing because what you're doing matters and it shows and you light up when you do it. And I wanted to talk to you for that reason. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. Yes. So no need to be nervous to ever be here. Um, You have a story just like everybody else. So and we're just honored that you wanted to come and hang out with us. (laughs) Yeah. Thanks for having me. I I love it. I love it. Good. I didn't mean to cut you off. Again, I'm over speaking. I'm out of practice today. I haven't talked to humans in a while. Literally how I feel too, Kat. I was like, literally when I was like, okay, when we hang up with Vicky, I'm going to apologize to Kala because I haven't talked to another human in like four days. (laughs) It's just been kids and boxes for me. So I'm just like, get out of here. Like I have not been a nice person. I need to like, just bring it back down. So I, I do have Vicky though. I do have a couple other questions just in terms of like what you recommend or what works for you. Um, how do you meditate? Um, do you have like a specific way? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, sort of it's, it changes. (laughs) Um, part of my meditation practice is listening to what I need for that day. So, you know, as women, there are different times of the month, different things that your body will go through that you're like, yeah, today I'm probably not going to do like a vigorous yoga practice. I need something a little bit more restorative. So step one is uh, just listening to yourself and like feeling what you need. Um, Step two, what I do is I do some kind of movement first something to just sort of like move my spine around really because your spine is like your central highway to when you move it and when you free up um, your muscles around your spine, like energy has a greater ability to flow among this channel from your root all the way through your crown of your head. So I try to move a little bit to get myself to wake up Then I do like a breathing practice. So what I did for you guys, um, there are a bajillion different ways to change your state of mind through your breath. You can um, calm yourself down, obviously. You can, especially in the morning, like before work, I'll need a little bit more energy. So I do a breathing practice that's like a little bit more vigorous to build heat in my body. 
And then once I've accomplished some kind of like focus on my breathing, I will then drop into meditation. So what that looks like for me some days is sitting on the ground on a pillow or a bolster. Some days I do like a guided meditation. I love Insight Timer. It's an app um, and they have a lot of different kinds of guided meditations, different lengths. Um, it's a full variety of pretty much anything. They have a really, really great section for kids too. You can tell bedtime stories. You can have the kids do different types of meditation and breathing exercises. So they have everything on this insight timer. Um, so sometimes I'll do guided meditation and sometimes I'll just sit there and like be still and quiet with myself from anywhere between three minutes to like 20 minutes. And then I'll just notice some days it's really me praying and like asking for what it is that I need. If something's been like coming up for me emotionally, I'll just like tap into that and just, you know, ask whatever, whomever you pray to, if you choose to pray, um, you know, for strength and guidance while I'm figuring this out. And some days I just focus on my breath. Some days I'm really not there meditating. My brain is like in 15 different places and I'm just like going through the motions and just sitting there. Yes. And I feel that. So that's hard. been me lately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and that happens like more often than not. <laughs> okay. Um, that actually is very encouraging to hear you say that. I agree. Yeah. And like everyone has this concept that like meditation is fill in the blank clearing your mind like that's a big one right is that your mind has to be completely blank in order for you to be meditating um and like I get that and I like that and maybe that is a goal for people but like for me it's like your watch you're just observing that's that's my goal is to just observe what's happening. So if your mind is going in like 15 different directions, like sometimes I'll like follow that thought and be like, okay, yeah, where did that come from? Or like, why are, why are you freaking out about this thing that's not happening for two weeks? And then I'll like almost have an inner dialogue with myself and be like, no, no, it's okay. You can calm down. That's not happening for a couple of weeks. Let's get back to this. And then I'll try to like have an anchor or something like my breath. <sighs> this feels good. I'm just going to come back to this. And then my mind will be like, oh, but then you can think about this. And then I'll be like, oh, okay, okay. And then come back to my breath. So like, it's good to have like an anchor or a central point. And then just like watch yourself go back and forth sometimes. And like, the real practice is the not judging yourself in those moments, right? Mm -hmm. So like, yeah, I'm thinking about, I, I think about what I'm going to eat a lot. Like, oh, I really <laughs> want my cup of coffee now. <laughs> and I think about that and then I'm consumed by it. And then, it, and then it just comes back to like, okay, so you're hungry. Okay, let's get back to this. And it's not like, yeah. oh my gosh, why are you thinking about that? Why? Like, <laughs> It's not turning something into a judgment. It's just being a like very neutral witness to what's happening inside of you. And like when you can do that for you, like it changes the way you interact with other people. Imagine if you could do that with someone that you that really bothered you or like your significant other that you're like, oh my God, they're doing that thing again. And then to just be like, oh, okay they're doing that thing <laughs> and that's all it is. And that's it. Yeah. Sam Harris talks about that. He talks about how like our thoughts are just clouds and they just kind of are floating by and it's whatever we want. We can send them on their way. We can focus on anything else. And I like that you said that you always come back to your breath. Cause that's what I try to do too. Especially when I noticed that. Cause before I would have that negative voice of like, you're doing it wrong. And right. why am I wasting yeah. time? What and a waste of time. Exactly. Stop and all that, you know, I, and I still have days like that. I'd be a lie if I said that I, I don't, cause I'm, I was doing well for a while. And then, like I said, life got crazy and I haven't been meditating as much, but I know when I come back to it, it's going to be that same thing. It's just, 
send things on their way, tune in. Like you said, pray on the things that are asked for guidance. It's all those things. It's meditation. Is not going to look the same every single day? Absolutely. And you're going there to just not have any thought in your head. Good luck to you. (laughs) Yeah. Right. You're not (laughs) of this century. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And like, and like really imagine if we weren't able to let go of things, like if we had to hold on to every single thought that came, that popped into our mind, like we are meant to have things come and go like all the time, Mm -hmm. all day. Like imagine if you just held on to everything and like accumulated all of that, that's like, gives you no space to sort of like brain dump and start fresh so like that's what meditation for me it's like a reset because my mind will go bananas if I'm anxious <laughs> over something and so you know it's like it's just a way again for you to tap into what you need for the day like some days it's journaling for me because I'm like I my brain has been on overdrive that I need something like the alchemy of putting a pen to a paper and seeing it in front of me I'm like that is a meditation because again it's that like the one-pointed focus you know and like that's it can look different to everyone and like you're saying Cal like I haven't been on my meditation practice I like to even try to meditate, be mindful or whatever you'd like to call it, like doing the dishes. Yeah. I was going to say, there's definitely been moments. Moments. I I feel like I'm just not meditating because I don't have my app out or whatever. Right. Right. What I think is the right protocol. But yeah, there's moments where I just find myself in my pantry with my eyes closed. (laughs) And it's down before you kill somebody. (laughs) Before you grab your cheese and salute. Yeah. (laughs) it's more mine like don't eat the cheeses back to life you know so sorry i used to these new headphones i know these oh. keep, keep popping popping out too for me uncomfortable it's not natural yeah speaking about natural i just want to go back to one thing real quick you said social media was kind of driving you crazy lately what's going on there um the so the like not good enough line that comes into my brain <laughs> yeah. um, often gets sort of like, you know, triggered when I'm mindlessly scrolling. And mm-hmm. I just like, wa- like I watch myself even like get to like a stoplight and I like gotta get my phone out. Like, what am I, yes. what am I actually looking at and why? And like, why can't I be in that stillness for five seconds? Why can't I stop at a red light for five seconds and not look at my phone? Like to me, I'm like, everything is not, is like, I'm, I question a lot, you know, everything is an investigation as to like, why, which can again, drive you crazy, but like, it also can, can give you some insight into your life. You're in good company. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, I just feel like, like social media has, it, it feels consuming and it's almost feels addicting at this point. And there have been often times where I'll like get to this point that feels like I have no control over what I'm looking at or that my fingers are scrolling or that I click this app 25 times a day that I just clicked it. (laughs) I'm clicking it again. And like, it feels like it is out of my control. And that's when I like, don't like it. And I'll like take a little break from social media. So I'm like almost at that point that I'm like, I think I might need to take a break because I can just, you just tell that some of these like thoughts are not yours. They're not your thoughts. They're like things that you hear from people on the internet or influencers or like I, for instance, the other day I was like, I need to spend a thousand dollars to get my eyebrows microbladed, (laughs) right? (laughs) And like, I love it. I love makeup. I love all that stuff. 
and I I was like I need I need this because I know <laughs> that I will be happier as a woman as a person feeling confident in who I am because I have these eyebrows you owe it to yourself right I'm like <laughs> oh yeah you spent $140 really <laughs> on foundation thanks Instagram I'm like and it sucks <laughs> it sucks <laughs> You're like, I'm yellow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> What's what is happening? <laughs> Not the effect that it showed. I'm very confused. <laughs> oh, I was there this week. I, I was like, it was like, you can get this free for 14 days. And then I look at <laughs> my cart and it's like, but after your 14 days, it's $85. So good luck with this. Bro, I think we, the same thing. <laughs> we probably did. <laughs> Cause it's convincing. It's convincing. It is. <laughs> it is. If we need it. We need it. It is. Oh my gosh. I love it. Well, I know we're at time, but I just wanted to say thank you so much for just coming and hanging out with us. Oh you are God. absolute joy. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having me. I had so much fun. And when the world is free, we'll all have to get together, you and Ron and all of us and yes. figure out something to do. Yeah. <laughs> all of yeah. us will get out of there. Oh so, yeah. Yeah. We'll go escape. <laughs> <laughs> Well, perfect. thank you so much for letting me be a part of have the conversation and I hope okay. to see you soon. We'll be in touch virtually. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> we will. All right. Have a great night. Thank you, Vicki. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HTC community. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at have the combo and click around on our links to find ways that you can get involved. And don't forget, all February long, you can join us at 8.15 a.m. on Thursdays for coffee and conversations on Instagram Live. Talk soon.